Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host. Today is March 14th, 2020. Floxy Noxy Nihil Pillification. This is queer all year. And yeah, it's Floxy Noxy Nihil Pillification. And I am joined, as always, on Queer All Year by my bro and sound producer and co-host, McGee. Uh, what? It is the action or habit of estimating something as worthless. And apparently it's only now used as an example of the longest word in English. Oh, I see. It's no longer that anti-disestablishmentarianism. No, I think that's just, I think that one is just it's one just like we use. a rumor one. I think that's the one we use because it's like incredibly hard to spell or something. Oh. Or and also like people like to pull it apart. It's like, okay, so. I guess there are a bunch of medical words. Establish. So it's like establish is a middle and then you're like, okay, anti Yeah, it means that you're against the anti-establishment. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yeah. yeah. So that would be the thought process, right? Ism? Yeah. Would be like, you know. Anyway. Yeah, the uh, politics <laughs> behind it. Yeah. Or the so you'd be part of that thought it. or whatever. No, yeah, maybe. Totally. I don't know. Sure. I don't know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe go into a story now. A story. Okay. We're going to talk about royalty, but not British royalty. We're going to talk about Indian royalty. And maybe that's why I tried to pick a word I can't pronounce in the beginning. That's an English word, because maybe that'll make up for the words I probably won't pronounce right here. So, in 2006, Prince Manvendra Singh Gohil, Gohil, um, the heir apparent to the Maharaja of Rajapipla Rajapipla in Gujarat, is published, um, an article with him, an interview, is published in the Divya Bakshar newspaper. He um, in it he reveals that he's is gay and is coming out because he's been having mental stress from hiding it most of his life. He what he had a mental breakdown. They called it. I'm not sure what it actually was because we don't call it that anymore. But I mean, I'm sure in translation and in you know between political correctness or whatever you want to call it, it's it, I'm not sure what it is. He had a breakdown that landed him in the hospital, and the doctors then informed his family that he was gay. I'm not sure why. I think probably because holding it back was part of um, the reason for his, quote, breakdown. And his family was originally accepting and kind of supportive um, as long as he didn't tell anyone else in the world. No one else was allowed to know. And so this article then comes out later because he just couldn't deal with it, deal with hiding it anymore. It was still obviously really affecting him um, mentally. So he decided to give this interview and tell the world that he is gay. And he is the first prince in the world to be publicly out. And I think to be publicly out, yeah, there have been obviously many, many queer royalty members of royalty in the past, but I can't think of anyone who's been openly out. And maybe he's just the first prince, princesses, kings, queens, I don't know what counts in the articles I read, but he's the first prince in the world to be publicly out, and his family was not happy about it, and so they disowned him 
and kicked him out and said he was bringing them dishonor. And um, they didn't throw acid on him, though. So there's that. Um, the people of Rajapipla, Raj Raj I hope I'm saying that right, I listened to it, burned effigies of him and he lived there. So when he was in public, they would jeer him and yell things and throw things. So I think he's still living there. He's living somewhere in a palace. And I don't, I wasn't able to really figure out much about Indian um, geography. I'm having to teach myself how to figure out all of it um, through this, researching this. And so I'm thinking that I'm understanding it correctly in that he lives in a palace near Rajpipla, Rajpipla, <laughs> trying to say it correctly. Um, anyway, he has been um, disowned, but he is still apparently the heir apparent, um, which I'm not sure what that means because the Indian government has gotten rid of the, the um, monarchy structure type thing. So I guess if it ever comes back, then he is still the heir apparent somehow. And he also has a palace. He lives in a palace um, near near the village. Probably definitely not in the village. A city? I'm not sure. I need to learn geography and, and um, whatever that's called. So he is currently using his uh, public platform to increase awareness, prevention, and treatment of HIV and AIDS. He has been on Oprah. He's been um, out just out in the public um, you know, advocating for HIV and AIDS uh, research and awareness. He is, uh, he started a charitable trust called the Laksha Trust, and that is a supportive service for MSM, men who have sex with men, which is a new term for me. But I mean, that is a, um, it includes all males who have sex with males. And it's um, it's very contentious in the transgender community, apparently. It's a big topic, which I will have to do another time, like another day when, like maybe when it was invented or something, because I'm not sure, not trying to fit that whole thing into one story about an Indian prince. So uh, this trust also provides educational and treatment resources for... Um, Men who have sex with men, but also um, just people just in the community, um, people in the LGBT community, um, women who are in marriages um, where they might be with someone who is a man having sex with another man, um, which is, you know, not uncommon over here. And as I understand, really not uncommon over in India. So, you know, that type of culture. And, you know, there are different things in terms like educationally that you kind of need to understand about each other to ha be able to stay in that marriage if you want it and continue your um your lives basically and so that's part of the educational resources they provide they have treatment resources for hiv and aids and other stds stis is what we call them now uh, it also works to create employment opportunities for gay men because uh, often you will lose your job. I mean, even over here, 
because a lot of places they don't have to tell you why they're firing you. And I've had some friends who um, have had to deal with that. So especially over in India, though, like, you know, creating jobs for gay men over there, it's like pretty awesome, especially to have like part of the monarchy type thing, you know, gives it a little more credence, maybe is not the word I'm looking for. But I don't know. In 2018, he opened up his 15 acre palace grounds to let um, vulnerable LGBT people um, stay there and get back on their feet if they've been like disowned by their family or kicked out or lost their job and, and, you know, can't pay for a safe place to be. Um, he, so he opened up his palace grounds to let them stay there, which I think is awesome. We need to have more places like that here, especially for our homeless youth. We're just doing nothing for them. And I think people want to be doing them, doing things for them. But I mean, here, if you take in, you know, if your kid's friend got kicked out of his house for being gay and you want to take him in, that's kidnapping. So what are we doing here? Anyway, so maybe if we made it so that we could open up rich people's grounds to homeless LGBT people, homeless people in general, maybe the world would be a brighter place. So that is not all that Prince Manvendra has been doing, but it is a small slice. And you can go out and Google him because he's very fascinating. He has an excellent TED Talk. And he there's just more than you know, you could really put into this story. He seems to be a good guy from what I can see. He hasn't gotten touched by the Me Too movement or anything yet, so awesome. Anyway, here's a little segment with McGee. Hey everybody. With all the virus panic and chaos going on, I'd like to talk about something a little lighter. It's the ability for one of us to focus and beat uh, disease in order to triumph. I'm going to talk about uh, the story of uh, Michael Jordan, which has forever been uh, eternalized as being called the flu game. Uh, this was an epic time in sports history. After four games in the NBA Finals, there, uh, both teams were tied up. And there was a huge rivalry between the two teams. It was Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls against Karl Marx. Oh, <laughs> Karl Marx. I mean Karl Malone. Uh, it's very different. Um, and the uh, uh, Utah Jazz. So um, I want to talk about Karl Malone real quick. He was uh, one of the greatest players of the time. He was called the mailman because he always delivers. And I love Karl Malone, but I was such a Michael Jordan fan that, you know, Karl Malone was kind of the enemy in the scene. He wanted to take away from Jordan. But um, if Michael Jordan had not been there at that time, Karl Malone, Malone would have had many championships. Um, Michael Jordan was his crux, I guess. Um, you know, Jordan won six and Malone won zero. So uh, sorry, Karl Malone. Jordan kind of pushed you out of the way there. So back on to the game. Um, so, uh, two and two in the NBA Finals, we've got, um, Michael Jordan in his room, cramped up in the fetal position, 
and not knowing what's wrong. We've got media attention going on saying that he has flu-like symptoms, but um, you know that's just what they knew. So that's what it's always become known as. Is it's called the flu game, even though it turns out in truth it was not uh, the flu. It's a, it's a little bit darker. I must admit, at least the way that I look at it, it looks to me like some uh, Utah Jazz fans um, food poisoned him. So um, what ended up happening was it was it was food poisoning, and it was due to a pizza. And I would like to read a um, direct thing that the bodyguard had said about it. Okay, so this is Tim Grover. He was the um, former dietary person for Michael Jordan, and at the time was the uh, the his bodyguard. So here's what he says. So we order a pizza. They come to deliver it. Five guys come to deliver this pizza. And I'm just, I take the pizza and I tell them, I said, I got a bad feeling about this. I said, I just got a bad feeling about this. Out of everybody in the room, he was the only one that ate. No one else. Then two o'clock in the room, he's curled up. He's curled up in the fetal position. We're looking at him. We're finding the team physician at that time. And immediately I said, it's food poisoning. Guaranteed. Not the flu. That's Tim Grover talking for you there. So um, that game was in Utah, and we know how sports fans can overreact. Uh, you know, I mean, what's past is past. So I mean, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna like hate the Utah Jazz over that or anything like that. But there were five guys delivering one pizza. That sounds pretty suspicious to me. I'm going with the bodyguard on that one. But uh, we're off, we're off topic here. I want to get back to the point. Um, he was essentially sick enough to kill a lesser man. Now, instead of dying, he played 44 minutes, scored 38 points, almost got a double-double, and won! He brought them to win Game 5 of the NBA Finals and eventually went on to win the entire um, NBA Finals. This was This is one of the greatest accomplishments of an um, athlete in our time. Um, it's beautiful. I uh, I I love it. It will forever be uh, remembered as a great dedication and as having great determination in the face of defeat. Now, you all stay safe out there. I'm McGee, and this is a little segment. Okay, well, back to my story. Here's a huge bummer of a story, basically. Well, kind of and kind of not. Nope, huge bummer no matter what. So we're going to talk about Scott Lively, who you may have heard of. That He's a more recent person. He ran for president, I think, in Massachusetts, like, last year. He ran for government, government, governor of Massachusetts, like, two years ago. Uh, knowing that he would not get elected, he just wants to get his insanity views out there, which are um, massively anti-abortion, massively anti-LGBT, and massively pro-guns. And I don't know why those always go together. Like, I don't know. Why you gotta be super pro-gun? I'm not saying that's good or bad, being super pro-gun, but why is it always abortion and guns and LGBT, why is it always? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, 
I could rationalize it politically if I wanted to, but I'm not going to do that right now. He, um, so he's a, a preacher, and his main reason of existing, I guess, is to be just massively anti-gay. He is listed in the Southern Poverty Southern Poverty Law Center's extremist files, which is just the you know there the Southern Poverty Law Center. I can never say it fast. Um, exists to it's kind of a watchdog group, I guess you'd call it. They exist to keep an eye on organizations and things out there that are harmful. Um, so like Westboro Baptist Church is out there, but at the same time, it also I can't I don't know if the um, Southern Poverty Law Center classifies or, or is the one that has said this, but the FBI has said that um, Westboro is in more danger from us than we are from them. And I think that is more of the FBI file than Southern Poverty Law Center. But that's that's just one thing I know because I've had to know it for several years. Anyway, so he is the pastor of what they classify as a hate group, which I suppose is not surprising at all. If you're going to be an extremist, then you're probably um, the president of Abiding Truth Ministries, which is an anti-gay hate group, you know. Um, I think he's the founder of a couple things that are considered hate groups. Um, I know he's the founder of several other things. I'm not... I. And I think those are also on that list. I didn't actually look for the other ones just because I saw that he's the current president of that one. Um, he helped author the law in Russia that allows um, the government there to ban pride uh, parades and anything that they call homosexual propaganda. So anything that they can um, somehow rationalize as homosexual propaganda, they can shut it down. I think it doesn't necessarily include the individuals like promoting it necessarily, but there's another law for that one if it's not. He um, said that law was like the greatest achievement of his career. I'm not sure if it still is because I think he might think what he did to Uganda is probably the best thing ever. So let's get on to Uganda. In 2012, uh, the Center for Constitutional Rights filed a lawsuit on behalf of Sexual Minorities Uganda, which is, uh, the acronym is SMUG, and I'm not sure that is the image you want to be putting out there for your um, pro-LGBT rights, human rights group, I guess, because people don't like SMUG, especially, for, you know, from our community. They're just kind of like, look at the SMUG gays, let's not listen to them, pretty much. So they filed a lawsuit um, that he had stating that he had violated international law because he had helped and encouraged and promoted ideas in Uganda that led to the creating of their bill that people were calling the Kill the Gays bill, which gave the death penalty to people convicted of homosexuality over there, which is just an official thing because they were already killing people for homosexuality over there. But now it's, you know, a law. And they did strike it down recently, but he was pretty uh, instrumental in creating it. He So they were suing him. I think they wanted him to be brought up on some sort of actual charges federally or internationally. I'm not sure how international law works like that. He 
um, meant to he he decided to respond to it by saying that he was actually very upset about the fact that they put in the death penalty part and that he really wanted it to be more like rehabilitation and that kind of thing, you know, and, you know, ex-gay movement type thing over there. Uh, And sure, that makes tons of sense, seeing as some of the speeches he gave over there included quotes like, they're serial killers, mass murderers. You can't stop them from molesting children or stop them from having sex with animals. So um, that um, sure seems to sound like he's saying rehabilitate them instead of kill them. They aren't going to get any better. Sure. Okay. He um, said he said publicly that the government should crack down on the gay agenda there. And he calls the LGBT community all pedophiles and rapists and all sorts of fun stuff. And so he was sued for attempting to deprive Uganda's LGBT citizens of their human rights. And he was trying to get the charges dismissed, the whole case dismissed, um, on grounds that they didn't have jurisdiction Uh, But a federal judge ruled that it could go forward, and then he kind of appealed it again, and that judge also said it could go forward, and then the First Circuit Court of Appeals rejected petition to dismiss the case, but it was kind of delayed quite a bit, and then in 2017, um, the case ended up being dismissed because the U.S. Supreme Court had made a decision in 2013 in um, Kiobel, I can't pronounce that, the Royal Dutch Petroleum Company ruled that um, there's a certain, there are certain things you have to meet to have jurisdiction, and he, uh, his case didn't meet that. But the decision when ruling, when making that decision, the judge had made a lot of um, disparaging comments and uh, really talking him down and having kind of like making these claims about the things he believed and what he'd been saying. And then, so then Scott Lively sued the judge pretty much to have the those comments taken out of the decision out of the whole court case because it was prejudicial, basically. Um, And that got dismissed at the Supreme Court level, but when it was, or no, it got decided not to be seen, I think. And in that decision, a court, it wasn't stenographer, but whoever it is who writes it up and then puts in like the parentheticals that they want, in one of those parentheticals or footnotes, it said that, the they weren't going to take the comments out but that they were they were prejudicial and they shouldn't be considered in future legal actions and so he considered this a victory even though they wouldn't hear his case it had been stated that those should not be used in any sort of future legal proceedings so now no one can use those to in any sort of claim they bring up against him because those would have been really you know, helpful to anyone who would like to sue him or bring charges for saying these things. So he, um, he's continuing to do exciting, awful things. 
Um, I will be keeping an eye on him for sure. You might want to keep an eye on him because he's fun. <laughs> anyway, so, McGee, what we doing? Yo, we got our housekeeping. Got to get our uh, stuff here. Um, so if you want to chat about this episode or any other ones, you can join the Queer All Year Mafia, Mafia. on Facebook. That's where it's at. That's uh, the uh, secret group. You got to have permission to join. So, you know, uh, kind of like mean, a speakeasy yeah. or something like that. But if uh, you, we would like it if you would like our Facebook page. <laughs> we uh, would like uh, you if you would like us. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just regular queer all year. Um, you can what about? find that easily on Instagram the and twin Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, to Instagram. Um, b- both of those are queer all year pod, and we're n- normally putting pictures on there pretty regularly. Little He's things in the studio. Stuff. Pretty, pretty good. stupid stuff. There's a thing of. Cat with a uh, horse head. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wore it to the Ren Fest a while ago. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have a picture of it me is vaping a horse's through head. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't um, that one's vaping, not up but... yet, but we should put that one. I have to find it. Oh, um, I think I have a picture of me with a cigar in it. <laughs> like I don't smoke. I wasn't smoking it, but I just was finding anything I could at Ren Fest to make it look ridiculous. I mean, what's cooler than a horse smoking a cigar? Mm-mm. Not uh, a lot. Oh, yeah. I I would need a fedora, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. That'd be even better. A uh, smoking jacket. Anyway, if you all think that we are awesome and you would love to be an amazing part of keeping this going, keeping us part of history and everything, you can go out to patreon.com slash queer all year and help us out by... Um, Sponsoring the podcast at the $1 level, $5 level, $10, whatever you want to do. But at the $5 level, you get fun bonus episodes. So and, many. And I'm going to start doing a thing called Cat's Problematic Faves, which I think I've mentioned already. And they're going to be, it's just going to be funny me talking about how I shouldn't be liking these things because I'm too woke apparently uh at the one dollar level are gonna like it. people yeah people are gonna be like how can you defend tropic thunder i'm just gonna be like it's my catcher <laughs> sorry the guys yeah that's uh mine as well I, yeah. i'm definitely going to be in on that tropic thunder episode oh yeah it'll be good at the one dollar level though you get um an awesome ringtone of our opening music made by mig g and it Yo. is my alarm and my ringtone and i think it's my text tone is just awesome because the opening's awesome and then you get our bloopers um i we the recently had a blooper cool yeah the ending's pretty <laughs> cool but it's it's like more chill the beginning like yeah wakes me up i don't know people like more chill stuff too maybe we'll do a ringtone of the ending if you want anyway yeah one dollar tier bloopers mcgee and i say weird things i think there's one out there where it's just me a huge burp and then mcg's like well nope something yeah. like that yeah we have um that's we, not we the pinnacle of our uh, oh things, no so. oh no we have quite a few ones i'm just saying like if you want to hear me burp. martin luther king to um burping uh the dog some dog did something oh plenty of dog things <laughs> anyway uh, yeah um please subscribe cat can tell us about that oh yeah if you go out and subscribe and rate us and review Anywhere that you listen to us, uh, preferably on the Apple Podcasts app, because apparently those are weighted more than anywhere else. 
that would be extremely helpful. That helps us get more visibility, get people seeing us and being interested. Uh, subscribing and downloading is really important in terms of the algorithm, that kind of thing. And if you could write us an actual review, if you do rate us, that also helps a lot, helps us know what you think. But then it also helps because iTunes is like, oh, okay, these people get reviews. People like them, something like that. So there is that. And that's very helpful. And we would love it very much. And if you could share us with a friend and let them know that we're pretty awesome and that you're pretty awesome, then they can spread the word too. And everyone can be more educated about queer history. And then we can love them as much as we love you. I can't stick a dismount, y'all. We'll get it one of these days. Love you. <laughs>